fellow book lover and welcome to the Child of the Library podcast, where we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. How is it already the middle of July? <laughs> I can't believe how fast the first half year of 2021 went by. And it's been, at least bookish-wise, such an interesting year because it's the first year that I actually record my reading experience and talk about reading in form of podcast content. So it was very, very exciting for me. But of course, not only because of this podcast, but also because of the books that I read. And to honor that, today I wanted to do the mid-year book freakout tag or mid-year freakout book tag. I don't know, I've heard two versions that are worked with on the internet. So basically for everyone who has not heard about it, this is a tag that I have not created. As you know, I have created the podcast book tag, but this is a tag that has been created many, many, many years ago. And it really has become a staple in the mainly booktube, so bookish YouTube community. But I think it's also very fun to do this in a podcast format. And if you want to see a little clip of me doing a little intro also to my podcast in video form, you can also check out this podcast episode on YouTube because there I also have got a channel. So basically, what is the mid-year book freakout tag? I think I will go with this version for this episode. So basically you answer a couple of questions correlating to all things bookish of the past half year. Favorites, least favorites, new discoveries, anything along those lines. And it's called the mid-year book freakout tag because in most cases people start to realize that the year is already half gone and they are behind their reading goal in terms of the number of books that they want to read or the reading plans that they set concerning which books they want to read have not really worked out as they should. So yeah, for me, actually, it has been a pretty good year. I think Goodreads told me that I'm 10 books ahead of my schedule. I set my Goodreads goal to 55 books this year, which I was actually relatively confident that I could do this. But because I'm getting married this year and in my job, we had a few bigger projects that also took up a lot of time. I was not quite sure how much reading I could actually fit into my daily life. And especially because I'm not commuting anymore at the moment because I'm working from From home. There's a lot of time missing from my day that I don't spend reading on the train, but of course I still use that time here. It's just that I maybe use it in a different way. So yes, my reading has gone pretty good so far in terms of books. I'm now at 39 books. I think when this goes live in a few days, I will probably not have finished my 40th book. So yeah, concerning that, I'm very happy how it turned out, but To be honest, in terms of what I wanted to read, I definitely could have done better. But I will go into that when I answer those questions. So I'm very, very excited, as you can hear, because I have watched the content of this tag for so many years on YouTube. And I always really, really love these videos. And this is the first time that I can actually do it myself. So let's get into it. The first question is, the best book that you've read so far. And for me, as you have seen, if you follow me on Instagram, it's at Child of the Library, by the way, it is Animal Farm by George Orwell. 
Of course, I've read some really, really great books that I also gave five stars, but I think Animal Farm is definitely my favorite so far because it has stayed with me the longest. I thought so much about it from time to time. In, on some days, I even catch myself when I'm drifting off with my thoughts and then elements from Animal Farm come to my mind and I really start thinking about it and possibly also because of the different meanings and what I can interpret from it and what we can also learn from that story. So because it is a story that is so important and that it teaches you so much and opens your eyes to so many things, it has really, really been great. So yeah, Animal Farm, definitely. I know it's not the longest book, to be honest, but I'm very, very happy that a classic has made it to my favorites of this first half year. I never thought that this would happen, but I'm very, very happy that it did. The second question is the best sequel. I have to admit that actually, even though my reading has been pretty good, I did not read too many sequels so far. I started a lot of new things or I read a lot of standalones, which is also the case. But one thing that I did and sort of checked off my list is that I caught up with the Mistborn series, where I read the first three books by Brendan Sanderson in that series, I think three years ago or something. And then because the original trilogy had sort of an end and then it was extended to another four books, three books already being out and the fourth one is still in the making. I sort of held off until I hoped that the series was complete, but now I was like, no, Brandon Sanderson is one of my top priority authors this year. So I definitely want to catch up with this series and The Bands of Mourning, which is the sixth installment in the series and like the second to last book overall, it was really, really, really great. Of course, I can't go too much into the story because it's the third book and there would be huge spoilers, but I really, really loved the interplay between all the characters that you've gotten to know over the two previous books and really gotten to love and also how their relationships start to change and you really see how much they work as a team, how their bonds change, how they grow so, so tight as a group. And and that was very, very beautiful to see. Of course, on top of the very action-packed plot that Brandon Sanderson is known for. The third question is, a new release you haven't read yet, but want to. <laughs> and I have to admit, there are so many. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of them would definitely be Heartstopper Volume 4 by Alice Oseman. For everyone who does not know, Heartstopper is a graphic novel series that was started maybe two years ago or something. And it is a queer romance of two boys in a high school. And it's very, very beautifully illustrated from the art style, but also the overall message and their journey and everything. It's just such a very cute and heartwarming story, of course, because there are certain prejudices that are set against them in their high school, etc. It's not always easy to read, definitely not that. And when you're triggered by that, I would probably also not recommend that series. But in the end, there's always something that lifts you up. And even though the journey within those graphic novels might have its ups and downs, you will definitely close the book and leave it with a happy feeling. So at least that's the vibe that I got from the first three. And I'm very excited to dive into the fourth volume. And then another very recent release that I also wanted to read is An Emotion of Great 
Delight by Tahara Murphy. For everyone who does not know Tara Murphy, she's very, very famous in the YA, young adult bookish community for her Shadow Me series. And she is actually married to another very famous young adult author, which is Ransom Riggs, who wrote the series of Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And it is so fun to see them both because they're like sort of the Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt of the YA bookish community. Of course, they are still together and at least from what you can see they are very happy they have a little daughter it's very very cute to see them both but it's just so fun to also watch them have this own little bubble in real life <laughs> and really see how also the authors of this genre really are not only friends which you also very often see on social media when they are linking each other and they're like haha do you remember when we were at this and this book con and this and this happened and it was such good times but there are also sometimes romances within that genre so it's very very fun to see but also she came out with her second contemporary novel and this is an emotion of great delight and it deals with the year 2003 and how the US officially declared war on Iraq and the hate crimes also against the Muslim community in the US started to increase and we follow a girl called Shadi who of course is in some way affected by this but she's also dealing with a lot of grief within her family with her brother dead with her father dying and overall you see her journey coming to terms with that and I think it's very important to also see these stories and how I mean especially for someone my age when it was 2003 how old was I I was nine <laughs> So I had no idea of the world. I was living very much in my own bubble, even more so because back then the internet wasn't a big thing. So you really were living in your own bubble and you, of course, did not have an understanding of what was going on in the world. And then later on, when you start to know about these things, some things are lost on the way. Like, for example, the points of view like this one that I just described. So I'm very, very pumped to read this hopefully this year but there are so 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 many great new releases in the second half year i'm so excited really like there's chloe gong's these violent delight sequel coming out there's the third book of the Skywood series by Brendan Sanderson coming out. Actually, as I said, Brendan Sanderson is one of my top priority authors this year. And I'm super, super excited because one of my podcast guests that will be coming up in the future, we will be doing a buddy read of the first Skyward book. So I'm very, very excited for this. I now really, really have a reason to get to that series. And yeah, so these are just to there are so so many examples but the one that i specifically chose for this tag for the question of the most anticipated releases for the second half of the year is little thieves by margaret owen and for everyone who is following my podcast you know that margaret owen was definitely a favorite new discovery author of mine 
last year because I read her The Merciful Crow duology and it was my favorite duology of the whole year. And Little Thieves, I talked about it before on the podcast, is basically a story where we follow a princess and a maid. The princess is sent off to another kingdom to marry the prince, but the maid sort of deceives everyone and she takes the place of the princess. And yeah, things start to spiral from there, let's say. And I'm very, very, very excited for this. But of course, when you look back at a year, it's not always the highlights that make it very distinct. It's also the lower lights. And the next question is centering around the biggest disappointment. Of course, it's not nice when you have to call a book your biggest disappointment of the year. But for me, unfortunately, it was the graphic novel series Heavy Vinyl by Carly Austin. I really enjoyed the style of the illustration, but for me, so much was missing of the story. It's basically the overall premise is actually really fun. We follow a girl who is really, really big into music. She loves music and then she is accepted into a part-time job on top of school where she helps out in a vinyl shop and it's the end of the 1990s so of course you know back then the big music streaming platforms were not a thing even itunes was not really a thing so everything around cds vinyls cassettes all of these things were still very hyped so she gets a job in this vinyl shop and there's a girl working there that she really likes so I also really like that element and how you explore that as a young woman coming to terms with what you actually like sexually but the overall story takes a turn when you also find out that the girls working in the vinyl shop have a secret fight club and sort of fight evil so to say like little crimes and this overall story arc I don't know I was not really caught by it I mean I read the whole series because it's you know it's graphic novels I thought maybe it would develop the characters even more maybe the world would be set up in a different way and because it was actually pretty easy to get through I was like okay let's do it I will finish the series but unfortunately it was definitely not my favorite graphic novel series so yeah unfortunate but the next question leaves us on a much happier note and that is the biggest surprise and i will go into this with actually also a graphic novel slash manga especially which is chisakobe by minitaro mochizuki so minitaro mochizuki is actually very very famous in the manga community because he has got a very modern style and he got so many rewards and he has got so much standing in the community because of that and Chisakobe was one of his four volume manga series where you are not following something with a magical twist or anything it's purely our society basically of course the society in Japan and we follow this young man who recently lost his parents in a fire his parents had a carpenter shop and he takes over the shop because he's been studying to do that for the past couple of years and now it's his turn and he has to struggle with all of that that comes with him as a young man coming into the role of the overall boss of the company dealing also of course with the loss of money that came with everything around it 
anything of those things and to help him in his daily lives also in his house a former acquaintance let's call her like this comes into his life and she becomes the new housekeeper so to say and she cooks for him she cleans the house etc they have been sort of grown up they were not like the biggest of friends but they knew each other so there was definitely a bit of history there when they were children and when she comes into that house she also sort of adopts not really officially adopts but she takes in a few orphaned kids because in the fire where the main character's parents died also their orphanage burned down and they were basically not living on the street but they were living in very very grave conditions so she was like we have to do something we have to take these kids and just look at them they are so helpless etc so they take them in but because these children have been through so much in their lives already because they lost their parents so early they behave in very strange ways sometimes and basically we follow the story of this very very funny household that tries to keep everything together to develop the lives of these kids but also to bring the company forward into fruition as it was before so yeah definitely a great recommendation especially when you want to consume manga content that is definitely for adults because sometimes the manga that you usually have that is also maybe targeted towards a slightly younger audience it's very nice to read and very easy to read but it is also great to see how this can be translated into an adult format without being like really really graphic so yeah definitely a great recommendation and this series is also very special to me because my fiance gifted it to me as a little surprise he was in a shop where they sell all sorts of games and also mangas and like figurines and stuff and when he went there to pick up a game he was asking whether there is something that they could recommend for someone like me who loves to read but also something that is not too light and fluffy but has got also some more mature content etc and they recommended this to him and it was a great surprise i was very very happy the next question is about the favorite new author may it be debut or new to me and correlating with my favorite book so far this is definitely george orwell because i think that from the books that he's already written and the general style that he has concerning his books, having been a journalist, etc. I think that these books will be very enjoyable for me. Of course, the topics are always very hard hitting, but I think like from a personal development for myself as a reader, George Orwell will definitely be an author that will guide me into a certain direction or guide my reading a bit more forward this year and the coming years. So yeah, I think George Orwell will definitely, for me, a new great, great discovery. And I also got, like, not really, I, I didn't really get to know about him from another podcast. I definitely knew him before, I knew his works before, but I have not read him. And another of my favorite podcasts, I'm also mentioning that on my Instagram, really has pushed me to read this book. And I started with Animal Farm because it's so short and it was absolutely the best decision so far this year reading-wise. Can only recommend Animal Farm and George Oval of all. The next question though concerns the newest fictional crush and I have to be honest I don't really crush a lot on characters. <laughs> Mostly I think it's because of an age difference because right now I'm 27 and I think 27 is an age that you don't really write about that much. <laughs> 
to be honest. You either have got your like teen stars, teen heroes and heroines, you've got your early 20s when you are in university or when you try to navigate new adult life. And then you also have got, I don't know, your early 30s when, you know, you have left your 20s behind. You're like a real adult and you've been an adult for quite a while. And now you're 30 and you're realizing, oh, what do I want to do with my life anymore? Did I reach everything that I wanted to reach until I was 30, etc. But I think 27 is like a very weird age that you don't write too much about. So because I either read about people that are older than me or younger than me. I don't know. Like, and also, yeah, I don't really crush a lot on characters. I think it's basically what I'm trying to say. But what I definitely have is something for the next question. And that is the newest favorite character. And that is definitely Misaki from The Sword of Kaigen by M.L. Wang. I have talked about The Sword of Kaigen before and I can definitely recommend it to everyone who loves the samurai culture of old Japan and those old vibes. Also, if you love Avatar The Last Airbender, definitely a great, great recommendation. Read this book. It's a fantasy standalone, so also a little unicorn in the fantasy world, but it was definitely so, so good. And it left me wanting more, which is a great indication for me that the world building and the character building was absolutely fantastic. But Mizaki, especially, why did I like her so much? Mizaki is the mother figure within that story. And in The Sword of Kaigen, we follow two perspectives. One being a young boy, the oldest of Mizaki's sons, Mamoru, and his story of growing into his role as a warrior in that samurai sort of clan, even though you have to admit, because they are working with elemental magic, it's not really samurai, but you know what I mean. You get the vibe that I'm aiming for here. And Mizaki being his mother, I thought was a very, very great character because she on the one hand is hiding skills that she possesses in order to protect on the one hand herself, her family, but also because the overall culture in this village does not allow for a woman to have these skills and to be so proficient in what she can do. And what I also really like is that through Mizaki, you know, sometimes you've got the stories of heroines that really are very cutthroat. They really are like a boss. They don't accept anything from anyone. They don't let men talk down to them. But because Mizaki is bound within this society that is very strict about this, she depicts a picture of women that are trying to be strong within the limits that are set for her in the society. And I think that's very important to also show that it is something to be admired and also something that makes out a hero that you are also able to adapt to what you are given and make the best out of it. And of course, her character takes a lot of turns. She will not stay within that bubble that she created for herself that she can work with and at least try to become more happy with. But definitely her character development and also her interaction with the other women within that village and also with the other men it's very, very fantastic. I really can recommend this book. It was such a great read. And even though it is bigger because it's a fantasy standalone, usually those ones are quite big. I really flew through it. It was absolutely amazing. And I can definitely also recommend the audiobook for this. 
Now the next question I have to admit is again a question that I can't really answer for because it's a book that made you cry and I'm simply not a big book crier. I'm sorry, I don't know what that says about me to be honest, but I'm not someone who really cries a lot with books. Like it takes really a lot, a lot, a lot for me to cry in a book. But the next question is a book that made you happy. <laughs> and this one I definitely have to go for when we begin, which is the like little novella at the end of the Love NXT series. I think I mentioned this series before briefly in one of my other episodes, but it's basically from a German author and it deals with like K-pop culture. And this was definitely a series. Like if you like K-pop as a music genre, it's light and fluffy and you can get through it very, very well. And I really loved especially this novella, which is maybe like not that common within series that you really enjoy a novella. But this novella gave me the ending that I wanted for the third book. <laughs> so it was a lot of fan service. And even though, you know, I like it when sometimes books are controversial, etc. Within this series, I was really like, okay, no, I want this ending. I got it. I'm happy. I'm fine. Thank you. So definitely a good decision from the author and from the publisher to put that novella out into the world. Moving on to the most beautiful book I bought so far this year or that I received this year. And that is very hard because usually I really make it my mission to find very aesthetically pleasing covers and editions whenever I put something on my shelf. I think the one that I definitely want to highlight, and you will also see that in my YouTube video if you want to watch that, is the Penguin Classic Deluxe Editions. And the one that I especially picked, because it's my favorite of the ones that I got so far, is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. It's so beautiful, it's got this like turquoise vibe, it's very beautifully illustrated, it has got gold foil for the accents, it has deckled edges, it's super floppy, it's absolutely fantastic. In in general, these Penguin Classic Deluxe Editions, if you want to gift someone a classic book, take one of these editions. I did so actually last Christmas. So yeah, I can definitely vouch for it that the people, if they like this classic, they will definitely be very, very happy about this edition on their shelves. Or another one that I have on my mind is my three book box set edition of 1Q84 by Haruki Murakami. He is one also of my top priority authors this year, but because 1Q84 is such a brick of a book and you really hurt your wrist when you want to read it physically, I was so happy when I got this three book box set because it's divided into three parts, into three smaller books, and you can just read the parts back to back and you have the whole book. So yeah, definitely great recommendation, but unfortunately it's so hard to get, especially in Germany, when you want to read it in English. <laughs> I saw it in the online stores of one of our big booksellers here in Germany and I bought it and it took, I think, I don't know how many months and I really was sure that they would not be able to deliver it. And then suddenly when I got the package and opened it and saw this edition, I was like, yes, strike, it worked. So yeah, I'm also very, very proud of this edition that I got it. So moving on into the second to last question, which is what books do you need to read by the end of the year? And as you know, from one of my first episodes, I think of my podcast, 
the way how I usually structure my year is that I go through the releases list of the year, I put them all on my Goodreads or Storygraph reading list. And then whenever I look for a new read, I go to that list and pick something from there. But of course, what happens throughout the year, you get to know about new books, you put them on the list. Usually I move around 100 books on those lists, but I never really read 100 books a year. Some of them are always migrated to the next year. And then the list for the next year fills up so quickly, etc, etc. So there's always so much that I want to read in the second half of the year, but mostly I never really, really get to all of the books. But what I definitely want to do is that I want to read more Stephen King and also more Murakami books because I've been doing pretty well with my Brendan Sanderson reads, but especially Stephen King and Haruki Murakami. I only read one book of this year so far. And I'm so, so thankful because in my book club, we have a little jar that has got all sorts of different genre in there. And we always randomly pick one from the jar. And that's the genre that we read from for the next part of our book club. And we picked Thriller. And because they knew that Stephen King was one of my priority authors and they also wanted to see what all the hype concerning Stephen King is about, we picked one of his books, which is Misery. So I'm very, very excited because it also has like a bookish author relation and it overall really, really fit well with the book club theme. So yeah, I'm very, very happy for this, but also my Jane Austen collection. I mean, her books, there's just a set of books that you can read. So there's an end to the goal, so to say. And I already read three books of her. I read Emma, I read Northanger Abbey and I read Mansfield Park. And so far I enjoyed them. Mansfield Park was definitely like below Emma and Northanger Abbey in terms of the star rating. But I'm very, very excited to move on. I'm currently making my way through Pride and Prejudice. So yeah, I'm very, very confident that I'm able to finish all of Jane Austen's books this year. But this is definitely also one of my priorities. And then also concerning graphic novels, I really, really want to read Brenna Fumler's edition of Anne of Green Gables. I've never read or seen any movies of Anne of Green Gables. And I know Brenna Thumler from her other graphic novels, one of them being Sheets and its sequel Delicates. And I think she has got such a very unique style and the colors and everything. I really, really love her work. So I'm very, very excited to get to her newest graphic novel, End of Green Gables. And then also, because I'm a member of the patron of the Books Unbound podcast, which is my favorite bookish podcast, which also inspired me to like sort of make my own bookish content. Finally, after I thought about for so long, they really gave me the push to show me that bookish content also works well in the podcast format. And because they recently had one of their special perks on Patreon, where you could give them a prompt and they give you a personal book recommendation. One of the books that they gave me was Ink, the first book of the Paper God series. And they recommended me this book because I told them that I really, really enjoyed the life of Eddie LaRue. Of course, some of Eddie's choices in the book were a bit questionable to me, but overall, I really liked the incorporation of 
art and how it really flowed with the overall story. And this is why they recommended me the book Ink. I don't want to know too much about the synopsis, but I'm very, very happy because I know that they really enjoyed this book and because it might potentially be something that I enjoy because of Eddie LaRue. So yeah, very excited for this. And now let's move on to the last question, which is the favorite book to movie adaption you've seen this year. And I have to admit, I only saw two. <laughs> and that's so very unfortunate, but I don't know. It's either that not much came out that interested me or that I wanted to read the book before I saw the adaption and that held me off from watching it. So yeah, <laughs> this is also an issue. But the one that I saw and that I enjoyed from the two was the 2020 version of Emma with Anya Taylor-Joy in the main role. Of course, because both book to movie adaptions that I saw were Jane Austen adaptions, because I always make it that I read a book, finish a book, and then watch a movie adaption that is very popular. And I only saw Mansfield Park and Emma. Of course, the new edition of Emma really shines over an older Mansfield Park movie. I think it's also like not the fairest comparison, but yeah. Emma 2020 definitely Anya Taylor-Joy is such a very very great actress definitely check her out she's wonderful so yeah this has been it for the mid-year book freak out tag I really really enjoy this I really hope that this can become a staple on my podcast because that means that my podcast will be here for a couple of years because I really really enjoy this project so so much I hope you enjoy it too definitely check out my YouTube if you want to see me in person and also see the very special version of Jane Eyre and where you can also see my new versions of my George Orwell books and you can also check me out on Instagram at child of the library where you also get to see additional content where I also illustrate book quotes every time in the week in the lead up to a new episode I will illustrate a book quote that correlates with the new episode topic so definitely check that out if you're interested in illustration and yeah the second half of the year will be wild for me I think there will be a period when I don't really read that much because I'm getting married and then we are going on a holiday hopefully we really really hope that everything is going accordingly and that we can have a little holiday and there I will probably not read too much but I'm very confident that I can still reach my goal of 55 books when I'm already at 40 now currently in July so I really really hope your year has been going great so far as well and we hear each other in my next episode. And until next time, I hope that we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. Bye!